Welcome to Modern Day Abigails. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So let's listen to God's Word, where everyday lives transform and where we can become the women God created us to be. rebelliousness and you use it for the Lord saying I will stand on God's holiness I will stand on his word and if you try to make me go against God's word I am going to rebel against you yeah you know so we it's so your kids ladies moms aunts grandmas if you have a little child in your life who's rebellious don't necessarily get angry about that rebelliousness use it to teach them how to be of the Lord, to stand firm on God's word and use that rebellion against the world and the worldliness and the devil. Well, Dove, our friend Dove Schwartz is a perfect example of that. Nothing but rebellion in his younger years. And look at him now. Exactly. He's using it for the Lord. Daniel used it for on the Lord. Those, fire yeah, missionary. Those guys were like, you want to kill us? Go ahead. Our God can mm-hmm. save us. And if you don't, mm-hmm. oh, well. Yeah, go for it. We're going to see him anyway. Yep, we're going to see him anyway. Yeah. The, it's a win-win. <laughs> yeah, the funny part is when the guards opened the door and they died and they didn't, you wouldn't think that somebody go, hmm, this is going to go weird in the first place. You know, we had to yeah, wait. Yeah, it's already bad. <laughs> yeah, this is going to go bad after. Huh, that's weird. No, no, we had to wait to go, hey, why are there four of them? They didn't die when they got. Anyway, I found that interesting. Yeah, I did too. Um, So I'm just saying, so nurture those little rebellious ones to stand on God's word. And to rebel against the world and what the world's trying to teach them. So anyway, that was a moment of parenting there. Yeah, a little golden nugget of parenting, yep. which is good. It was good. Yeah, um, the Lord has taught me that because, you know, there's little, there's little ones in the lives and you're like, mm-hmm, let's nurture that. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to, there are going to be blood, sweat, and tears. Certainly. I'm just going to let you know, I understand. Keep fighting. Keep fighting <clears throat> for your children. Keep fighting for your marriage. Keep fighting for your family. It's worth the fight. I'm, the moment I saw my little grandson, I'm like, all those blood, sweat, and tears paid off to see my baby's baby. He's so cute. He's still cute. And now he says things that are so cute, like, I have a plant in my front yard that we kept mowing over. Kind of ugly. It grew in the backyard. Yep, it started growing in the backyard. And I'm sitting in there with my little grandson. I'm like, man, it went from the front yard and it's now in the backyard. And he looks at me very seriously. He goes, maybe it's an invasive species. <laughs> Certainly is. You're four. Where do you learn this stuff? <laughs> anyway. Oh, I thought of something else yes. about Ray. Oh. We're back to that. He's protective. Yes, he is. Yes, super, he is. Super, super protective. Yes, he is. Very protective. Thank you for that, adding that in there. I'm sorry, random thought. I had to just let it out. And it, but it's true. He is. Yeah. He's very protective. And that's what's needed for a shepherd of a church to be protective. There's too many uh, pastors out there who are not protective of their sheep and their sheep get hurt all day long and they're like hmm, what's going on and you're not protecting your sheep maybe because you got too many sheep you don't even know what sheep you got that's bad enough too anyway back to where we were yeah so we're now okay so we talked about the ark and the testimony we talked about the veil and it was hung and there was a separation and god was god's picture saying i'm separated from you because you're sinful i'm not i'm holy you're sinful i've got to have a separation and so once a year, the priest had to make an atonement for themselves and for the people and before, and they had to do this whole ceremony before they could even go into the Holy of Holies to do the sacrifice or whatever they did in there. And, uh, 
And if they did it wrong, they died. That's why they'd tie a rope around their ankle so in a bell. And if they fell over and they died, they had to pull them out. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 That's um, no pressure. <laughs> do it right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine nowadays if we had to do it so perfectly right that we didn't die? I'd be like, please, God, don't pick me. Please, God, don't pick exactly. me. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, not it. Not it. Not it. <laughs> I have a feeling they didn't think that. That's why yeah. I, that was the men's job. <laughs> Anti-shotgun. Anti-shotgun. I got to go get the water because I've got to go wash some clothes. Exactly. Yeah. What Ray and I have some agreements, certain agreements like he takes care of technology. Yeah. I'll take care of laundry. You take care of technology. Mm-mm. I'm pretty sure I'm super busy that day. <laughs> yeah. God, pretty sure. God, but God knew who he was picking. Yeah. Yeah. So um, thank you. Thankfully, he knew who he was picking. And I don't remember ever reading the Bible where somebody died because they did it wrong. Mm-mm. So that was a good thing because they, they had such reverence. He knew who he was picking. Yeah. So in Exodus 34, 29 through 35, it says, this is, we're going to look at this veil. So it was, now it was so when Moses came down from Mount Sinai and the two tablets of the testimony were in Moses' hands when he came down from the mountain that Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone while he talked with them. I believe this is the first time he went up to, I'm sorry, I'm just now realizing, I think this was the first time he went to go get the tablets. Yes. And he was actually able to uh, somewhat be face-to-face with God. It was the second time he's like, nope, he did it wrong because he got mad, broke the tablets. Yes. Yeah, this is his first. Yeah. So that's why this is a little bit different. So if you're like, wait, I thought he couldn't be, but no. No, the first time he was able to, second time he wasn't. So when, verse 30, so when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone and they were afraid to come near him. Then Moses called to them and Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned to him and Moses talked with them. Afterward, all the children of Israel came near and he gave them a commandment, all that the Lord had spoken with him on Mount Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak to him, he would take the veil off until he came out and he would come out and speak to the children of Israel whenever he had been commanded. And whenever the children of the Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses face shone, then then Moses would put the veil on his face again until he went in to speak with him. So that is such a beautiful picture of that deep, intimate relationship between Moses and God. Because he could take his veil off and be with God. And I got that, goosebumps. I know. And that's what we want. We want our veils off to be face to face with Jesus, to have that deep, intimate relationship, to look at him. There is actually statistics about or studies about looking into somebody's eyes, that it creates a very deep relationship. Or that's why they finally realized I'm sure they did this for thousands of years and then somebody decided it wasn't a great idea and they've come back to realize they put the baby after the baby's born, they immediately put it on the mom's chest, put it right there with the heart, which makes sense because that's where the baby knows it calms them down, helps with their blood, sh- blood pressure, it gets everything regulated because they're next to mom's skin, they fill her heart. But what they've also come to find out, they're doing the same things with the dads. They said it makes a change in their minds and a chemical, something changes in them and it creates a deep connection between the child, the baby and the dad. Oh, that's yeah. sweet. So they've been doing that now saying, hey, hold the, to let the dad, so, so give it to the mom first, get the, the baby where they need to be. This is before they're cleaned up and then give it to the dad and let them hold them. Mm-hmm. And it helps them make that connection. 
And I see that here. It's as if God is holding Moses and saying, hey, child, I'm here. Let's talk. You got some rebels down there. We got to work with them. So, yeah, they were being a little bit. Um, well, should have Israel been a little bit, a <laughs> little stubborn. Yeah. And well, they, they've been. And see, that's the thing about the men of sin. And the, the the relationship with the Lord is, first of all, he knows all he sees all. There isn't anything nope. you're going to do mm-hmm. that you try to hide from people that you're going to be able to hide from God because it's just not possible. No. Nope. And so you might as well just suck it up and go ahead and be completely honest with him. Yes. Because he already knows, but he wants you to be honest with yourself. Exactly. He, so just you do hide, it. Yeah, exactly. Because you hide it from yourself. Yeah. You have to make that a commitment. I've done this. I yeah. know I'm wrong. I need help. Yeah, you and I do that sometimes. Yes. Are you sure you're not thinking this? You're not trying to hide this or exactly. not hide it like, um, are, you, are you in denial? You told or, me that the other day. I think you're in denial about this. Or I think I asked you, I'm like, right. are you trying to create an exit plan? Yes, that's it. Exit yeah. plan. And we do that all the time. We create an exit plan. Yeah. If it doesn't go the way we think it should, we'll just create an exit. And God's like, mm, there's no exit door there. Yeah. That's going to hurt. Yeah. I'd rather you not hurt yourself. I'd rather you do it the right way. So we, we just be, just suck it up. Be honest. Yes. Because he already knows you, you're not yeah. telling him something. You're, you're not going to surprise him. <laughs> There's nothing you've done. He, he watched you do it. Yeah, exactly. He was right there. <laughs> yeah. He sees all, knows all. He knew you were going to do it before you did it. Yep. I mean, if he knows us There's before. There's no secrets. He knows us before the foundation of the world. He knew us before the world mm-hmm. was even created. So there is nothing you can do that he hadn't already known already. Not In fact, a he knew it before thing. you were going to do it. Yep. Not a single thing are you hiding from him. Not, not, not your thoughts. Nothing. Nothing. So just, if you're going to be honest with anybody in your life, it's him. Exactly. Exactly. In Leviticus, Leviticus 16.2, And the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron your brother not to come at, all, at just any time into the holy place inside the veil. Before the mercy seat, which is on the ark, least he die. For I will appear in the cloud above the mercy seat. So um, that's where that separation was again. I should have moved that up. Sorry. Anyway, should have moved. No, I was going in fits. books. It's fine. Yeah, well, I was going in book order, but I should have gone in thought order. But what it was is um, we see that veil again where he was telling Aaron, you're not coming here until you do it right. And Aaron was, he was a mess. He was doing things well, all kinds been, of yeah. Wrong. Exactly. And some of it, you can say, well, he had good intentions, but it's still wrong. So. It was still wrong. Well, we have to remember, they had been under Egypt rule for 400 years. They got 400 years of Egyptian culture in them. And that, and God knew when he removed them, he, one, God knew he was going to keep them there for 400 years. Two, he knew when he removed them, they're going to still have all that on them. And he knew he was going to have to work that through. Mm-hmm. He knew he was taking some rebellious kids because he was he had made a promise to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. He knew what his children were like and he was going to deal with them anyway. And that, you know, he could have just said, you know what? <laughs> Wash my hands of you. <laughs> Bye. We'll start all over. He didn't. He knew he had some wayward, mm-hmm. stubborn kids. And he's like, mm. and to this day, he's still working with his stubborn. I was going to say he's still he's doing it. Still. Yeah. Yeah. Because his deepest desire is. For all to come to belief, he doesn't want to lose a single one of them. There will be many who will choose not to obey the Lord, mm-hmm. but he is not because he didn't try. Right. And again, we've said this many times. He's a gentleman. He is not going to force mm-hmm. a relationship on you or intimacy with him on you or even a chat on you with right. him. But he, in, but he will deal with sin. 
He is not going to let the sin go. He will deal with it. And we as don't know when, but he's going to deal with it. And as y'all always say, you can pick your sin, but you cannot pick mm-hmm. your consequences. And, and there will be. Yes. And sometimes those consequences stay with you for the rest of your life. There's nothing you can do about it. That's true. You're forgiven. God loves you. You're forgiven. But that consequence is still going to rouse its head up. And sometimes we will have scars for the rest of our yeah. life from our decisions, whether physical or um, right. emotional. I got one belly button down. Yep. That's my scar. Yeah, I got I got many mental scars. Yes, I got those two physical, mental. But you know what? God is gracious and helps us through them. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, here's some fun t- stuff. Matthew 27, 51. Remember that veil we've been talking about? Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth quaked and the rocks were split. Mark 15, 38. Then the veil of the, then the, veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom when Jesus died. A sinless man, when he died, God said, and Jesus said, it is finished. God ripped that veil because now we can come to God face to face because Jesus said, I will take, I uh, take away the sins of the world. I'm paraphrasing that one. We could go find it, but I'm paraphrasing. But he, uh, Jesus said, I'm taking away the sins of the world. Now we don't have to have that. Veil. That's what it says in Second Corinthians 3.16. Nevertheless, then one turns to the Lord. The veil is taken away. When we come to know Jesus, he's like, there goes your veil, honey. Yep. We got this intimate relationship we're going to build. And it's not a one day build. Isn't that neat? It is a lifetime eternity building. I'm just sitting here shaking my head yeah, yes he the whole time. Yeah, he didn't <laughs> look at us and go, oh, good, you're mine. Mm, gotta go. Got somebody else to go visit. Yeah. No, he's like, no, I'm going to build this relationship with you. And yeah. I know I know you're the same way I am. I am not the same person I was when I was in my early 20s. When he said he was going to make me a new creation, it's not overnight. Oh, I'm 100% different. 100%. But, but we're not still at the end either. Yeah, no. 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 So when he says he's going to make you a new creation, that's Second Corinthians 5.17. That's our slogan. He didn't say, I'm going to make you a new creation overnight. He said, I'm going to make you a new creation. There's a process. Right. Just like the butterfly has a process. It has to eat itself. We have to die to ourselves. But it's not a one-day thing. It's a continuous relationship. Why? Because he's going to stay with us the whole time. He doesn't leave us. Mm-hmm. He doesn't go, that's a nice relationship. Uh, I got to go. Yeah. You know, I'm glad you got saved. Bye. No. He's like, no, we're, we're married. Now we have to build this relationship. A married couple who's been married for one year should be very different from a couple who's been married 10 years. Right. And you should be able to see that progression of intimacy. Agree. So anyway, now that we talked about that, let's go next. So verse two. See, there was so much in just verse one. <laughs> verse two. We're getting there. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm drinking coffee, but I'm I'm yawning. My body's like, hey, you need some extra oxygen. Okay, now I'm yawning. I'm sorry, that was my fault. My bad. Sorry. Ooh, who else is listening and yawning now? <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I am so sorry, especially if you're Didn't driving. Didn't do it. Wasn't me. Especially that was me. That was that my was fault. Anna. That was uh, especially if you're driving into work and you're like, oh man. Anyway. So you're it, so <laughs> this is so much fun. Your teeth are like a flock of shorn sheep, which was which have come up from the washing, every one of them which bears twins, and none is barren among them. Your lips are like a strand of scarlet, and your mouth is lovely. Your temples behind your veil are like a piece of pomegranate. Your neck is like a tower of David, built on an armory, on which hang a thousand bucklers, all shields of mighty men. Your two breasts are like two fawns, twins of a gazelle, which feed among the lilies. So he's looking at her from head to toe. 
and he likes what he sees. And if we count, if I counted just right, there are seven physical features and seven is the number of completeness. So he finds her perfect. Now we're not perfect, far from being perfect. But when we have Jesus, we are completed in him, not beforehand, but once we have him. So if we look at it, it's, it's teeth, they're nice and white and there's a lot of them. They're not missing. Her lips are red. Um, her mouth is lovely. Like the kind of like to know what makes a lovely mouth and not a lovely mouth. I guess because she's got beautiful teeth. And teeth have a lot to do with her mouth (laughs) and red lips. You know, her temples. Um, not sure. And I didn't actually find any good commentary on it. I think everybody else is like me when they read it. We're like, "Mm, okay. And she got a pretty head. Yeah, her head's proportionate. Apparently, her neck is nice and long, and apparently, it's it can hang necklaces pretty well. <laughs> and he likes her breast. Yeah, they're nice. I guess they're I guess they're symmetrical. I don't know. I, I had a friend who's like hers. Well, like, they're matching because they yeah, got two twin exactly, gazelles. Exactly, <laughs> and I think that's important because I actually had a friend who's like mine. Mine don't match. I'm like, okay, I never noticed. Yeah. Okay. Great. Now I'm going to look. Thanks. Awesome. Um, I knew one who um, they actually had to have a, a partial breast implant because they were so lopsided. And um, she goes, hey, our bodies do yeah. what they do. And she's like, I did not. And she did not do like a breast implant that like you could obviously tell it was so natural and subtle. You would never have known because she's like, I just wanted to be even like, I get that. I get that. I don't understand. Why did you have to tell me this? I don't even know you. I don't know. No, my friend talking to me about it. She probably just recently got it done and she was so excited that Maybe. this changed in like her so life. The, the one lady, the one girl who told me, we were friends. So she was yeah. just, we were just having a conversation. Like I said, I don't know how we got into that. But the other girl, I didn't even know her. She was at an old job. And I'm like, why do you have to tell me these things? I didn't need to know this. But <laughs> Hey, you're using it as an example exactly, now. So there I am. Go. So it, I guess so. You know what? <laughs> Who knew that God is like, but you're going to do Solomon's chapter four and you're going to be in verse, you know, chapter four, verse five. And I need to understand that when he was talking about a breast, because it was nice and symmetrical and even same size. Yeah. I'm glad he liked it. I don't know what she was wearing for him to notice I was going to say, I guess but, she wasn't covered up very well. Well, well, he didn't say he saw him bare. He just saying, I guess it looked really good under her clothes. Uh-huh. Now I got so much more questions. <laughs> Yeah, we need to move on from this because this could, this could go on. Yeah, I'm like, Lord, I got questions. He's like, honey, just yeah. keep going. <laughs> yeah, just go. All right, Matthew five forty eight. Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your father in heaven is perfect. I am waiting for that day. That's when God comes, gets us and raptures us. And, or we get the resurrection. Either one. We're going to get resurrected. Um, unless you have to go through the t- tribulation. That's a whole nother conversation. You can go to watchtherefore.tv and figure that one out. They'll, they'll help you. Um, be prepared for that one. Exactly. And then um, uh, Colossians one twenty eight, him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may be present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. In James one seventeen, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, which whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So in short, we're perfect because of Jesus, not on our own. And that's what this was a picture of is showing this perfection, but it wasn't on her own it, or we are not on our own. It's through Jesus that we're going to have this perfection. Yeah, we're, we're all, I mean, as long as we're here, we're all going to look a little different. We might be lopsided. My right eye is not symmetrical to my left eye. It drives me some mornings. It drives me more nuts than others, I, but I can tell they're not the same. 
Um, but that oh, just happens. How funny. I've never noticed. You never notice. I do. I can tell. Mine isn't because I got a scar here from hitting it. And so now they're, my eyebrows are different. I'm thinking mine is because um, they use forceps. Oh. Because as soon as they figured out my brother was feet first, they knocked my mama out. She didn't have a C-section. How did I get out? Mm. Had to be forceps. That's what my, my thought is. But I got out, so that's important. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's that. Yeah. I shoved him out. I had to get out of there, man. It was just not enough room. Apparently, it runs in the family. Stevie ran out of room, <laughs> stretched out. Our grandson decided, he's like, forget the stretching out. I just want out. <laughs> he, was six, he was six weeks early. We were six and a half weeks early. Just runs in the family. We need to stretch. Yeah. Who, Extra who, room. Yeah. Who wants to be curled up all day? We got things to do. I didn't even know. I no, nobody ever ever taught me or told me that a child, the baby can stretch out in the womb. In fact, uh, my coworker just told me, he goes, yeah, my, uh, uh, his new grandbaby, they had to do a C-section. She goes, yeah, she was breached. She was stretched out. But oh, my son did the same thing. Oh, how funny. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Um, in verse six, it says, until the day breaks and the shadows flee away, I will go my way to the mountain of myrrh and to the hill of frankincense. Okay. This is one of the things, like I said, the commentaries are always fun. Because some of the commentaries, I'm like, oh, okay, okay. And then they'd hit something. And I'd be like, mm, top of my head. I don't know about that. And the commentary over here would say something. So commentaries were real fun. And a lot of it was just, Lord, oh, help. That's describing she's looking forward to her wedding night. That's how she's describing it. She is looking forward to that wedding night when, how do I put it in a nice context way? Um, when she shares that connection you know well the frankincense and the myrrh is just super pleasant yeah it's a fragrance and, and, and it's yeah but and super, i think you, it's an aroma yeah it's Most, gonna be a great night yeah it's gonna be a great night there's gonna be this aroma it's gonna be beautiful um i don't know how else to say it, but that's what she's looking forward to is that uh, coming together that connection the night of bliss the yes. night oh bliss. but it's not it's not just it's it's that connection that yeah plugging in the lamp <laughs> all i can say that's what she's looking forward okay, to okay there you go um we've been watching laverne and shirley and you know when you're a kid you don't catch things now i know what roadie doe means what she would always go oh roadie doe no no roadie doe oh yeah oh. i finally caught that the other day i'm like right now looked at each other because we realized we watched it as kids and we're like Oh, <laughs> no idea. So um, that's what she's looking forward to. She's looking forward to her wedding night. And she should. It should not be scary. It should not be. She should be a pure and a virgin and, and excited about that wedding night. And I, I think our culture has done some damage. We were trying to teach our kids. In some ways, people are like, who cares? Just do whatever you want. It's just, it's just a connection. It's just what you want to do. And on the other hand, some people go to the other opposite end. And it's like, oh, you have to wait. You can't do this. Da, 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 and they make it rule. Um, um, that that were, I I need a dictionary strict. Yeah, I guess so. That's what I'm saying is they're, they're making it so strict that I I remember I've heard uh, several people say it, several women who did wait until their wedding night. She said, but they were so pushed into waiting and saying it's wrong until you get married that they felt they were wrong on their wedding night. Yeah. And then they would have this deep regret because they're like, I did something wrong instead of teaching it. It's, it's, it's a perfect time to come together. You want to do this with you. Know, it's going to be great. Uh, it's it's going to be awkward. You're going to have some learning experiences. It might even hurt a little bit. But 
it's it's going to be a beautiful night. You should look forward to your wedding night and saving yourself for that person so that when they do get to the wedding night, they can switch and go, I'm married. I can do this now. Right. Because I did, well, yeah. I'll tell you, when you're told don't, 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 and then you finally get married, then you, I mean, it took me even. Take an, an adjustment. It even took me as an adult to think, oh, wait, I'm married. I can go find him. Where'd he go? <laughs> you know, because right? you, you, because you've been taught to get away. So in this part, she's been taught, I can't wait for my wedding night. It's going to be beautiful. And we're going to have this connection that we could have no other way. Thank you for letting us share our tools to become the women God created us to be. If we encourage you today, visit us at moderndayabigails.com. Remember, you are loved, cherished, and prayed over. Oh, 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 o